Hello, and welcome to the Roman League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode, I'm going to look back at that tough, hard-fought road win versus the Atlanta Falcons. Defense came up big with three interceptions and a game-sealing one by Jamin Davis. It was obviously a much-needed win for this team if they want to stay afloat this season and have a shot at the playoffs. Also preview the upcoming road matchup versus the 1-5 New York Giants. And I also hit a little on fantasy football as well. A lot to get to, so let's get started. All right, looking at that Falcons game, obviously Sam Howell, he was solid. He made it through as he needed to. Um, I think the biggest thing you can say about him um, was he was consistent, didn't really force the ball in any tough situations. Um, I will say the thing that probably the biggest negative from his game was a lot of those five sacks, in my opinion, were on him. He had onto the ball um, a little too long in those instances. I think three of them, at least, at least three of them could have been avoided. Excuse me. And I think Sam... And it's obviously the, one of his biggest downfalls is holding on the ball too long. We know the offense line isn't great, but he's obviously not helping them out too much either by holding on to the ball the way that he has. Um, so I think that's definitely a negative from this game. Positively, I think this is definitely an example of him being a point guard, which I kind of would have insinuated that he needs to be doing, just take what the defense gives to him, get the ball out quickly. Um, when he does, I mean, sometimes like I said, he holds on too long, but um, you know, he's getting the ball out quickly to Sam, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. I think really he looks more comfortable those first 15 game first 15 plays were usually always scripted to start the game so i think he you know he probably has a really good grasp on the game plan going into it and you can tell he feels more confident and then not that he doesn't as the game goes on but i feel like he just he usually looks most locked in those first you know 15 20 plays of the game um i like obviously the way sam's progressing he played well um obviously helped the team win this week three touchdowns his first career three touchdown game he's up to nine touchdowns six interceptions at 1500 yards passing um, statistically, he's the best quarterback in the NFC East right now. Um, you know, that's obviously Washington can't you know, complain about that. He's three and three. Team's three and three. And a big part of it is Sam Howe. They could have won some more games. Uh, you know, the defense obviously played better. Um, but again, overall, holding the ball a little too long, but he made the made the quality throws, made the right reads for the most part, got Terry involved early, which I say every week. Um, so I think Sam had a nice game. Uh, run game never got really going too well. Um Brian, Brian Robinson and um, Tony Gibson both had receiving touchdowns. And Tony Gibson was a nice play design, um, play play action fake. And Tony Gibson was wide open in the flat on the, on the goal line. And then obviously that Brian Robinson um, 24-yard screen touchdown where he just ran over the defender as he going to the end zone. Just kind of shows his brute strength, brute strength, the brute force that he plays with. Um, and obviously b Rod's been a much more impact in, in, in the passing game this year than he was last year. Um, and even he wasn't a big impact uh, pass catcher at Alabama either. So he's kind of foreign to it, but obviously that's what he's going to have to do to survive in this Eric Bieniemy led offense. Um, but overall, you know, I think it's a good solid group. Chris, Chris um, Rodriguez Jr., you know, got some run there in that third quarter. Had a couple of nice runs. You could definitely tell Bieniemy and this team likes him. I mean, he's getting, you know, that was an important part of the game. Washington was up, but it wasn't like the game was in hand at any means. And he got, he got a series there, had a couple of nice runs, like I said. And, um, you know, definitely I think it's someone that they're, they're, they like and will rely on in the future. And I think if anything happens to Brian Robinson, I think Chris Rodriguez definitely be that next man up. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Terry got involved early, and that's, I think it was reminiscent of that Philly game. You know, he kind of sets the tone. You know, I think this team rallies around him and loves when he, you know, makes plays for this team. So um, I think he set the precedent on those first couple of drives. He had four catches in the first quarter, ended up with six catches for 81 yards. Double-digit targets, and that's obviously what he needs, um, being one of the, the best receivers in the league. So it's happy to see that. Curtis continues to have a nice season. Curtis is a really just solid, consistent receiver, sure hands. Um, 
usually you know breaks a tackle or two after the catch. The nice touchdowns, he had touchdown in three straight games. Um, so I mean, it just shows what he can be. It definitely, I think Kurt, uh, Sam looks at him as a safety blanket. Logan Thomas only had one catch for two yards. Um, obviously, the big one is Jahan Dotson. He only had that one target that was on him. Hell of a throw by Sam. Jahan potentially could have scored on that play, or at least you know had a big 34 yard, uh, 30 to 40 yard completion on that play. Um, I'm not defending Jahan, but I mean, he needs more targets. I, I, I know he's had two drops now in the last couple of weeks, um, but he's still one of the most dynamic players on this team, especially when the ball in his hands, obviously. So he's a great route runner. Um, I think maybe his confidence is starting to get shaken a little bit because he's knocking the ball. He's knocking opportunities. Um, he even alluded to that in that Philly game after that drop. He's like the next time he got a target was a touchdown, you know, game tying catch um, to force overtime. So I think, you know, it's, it's in his head. I think he knows that his opportunities are limited. And I think maybe he's putting too much into it every time he gets an opportunity because he's only getting three to five looks a game. If that um, I think he needs to get into the eight to ten target. And obviously not as much as Terry, but, you know, Jahan can make plays with his team. It could be one of the better receivers in this league. I fully believe that. So I really, really hope, you know, he starts to be featured in this offense. I thought the O-line was okay, including Cornelius Lucas, um, who I thought, you know, played well for Charles Leno in that enforced situation for, you know, Charles' family. You know, obviously thoughts and prayers go out to him, but um, I thought Cornelius Lucas played well. Um, he's always been a very, very good swing tackle, and you could play left or right for you in a pinch. So I still think he might be better than Wiley at right tackle. So, um, you know, obviously he only played due to uh, the personal reasons for Charles Leno, um, but either way. I thought Cornelius had a nice game. Um, interior, they were fine. I think interior has you know been the probably solid part of the offensive line all year. Has been great, but I think Sadiq Charles and um, you know Nick Gates have held up fine. Uh, Sam Cosby's had his moments. He did get beat a few times in this game, but you know you're going against Greg Jarrett, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the game. That's going to happen. Um, I thought Chase had a really nice game in. He consistently gets pressure. I saw a couple plays. He was double teamed. There was one play he was triple teamed. I mean, he's, I think he's, you know, the team, that player, he's a guy that teams are, you know, game planning against going forward. So the stats aren't there yet. I mean, he still has three sacks, but I expect him to have eight to 10 by the end of the year. But I think it shows up on film and everything. And just the way that he plays and consistently has attention contributed to him, how teams fear him and respect him. And that shows, you know, what this player that he is in this league. Um, I think it's, he really set up two Hills game in case he had two, two sacks. And a lot, both plays were Chase provided initial pressure and released one of them. The other one, Chase was triple team, would let, you know, case two on a tight end on the backside. So it was a rollout play. But, you know, I think, you know, Chase is at least, even if he's not having the stats, he set up other people. Uh, Jonathan Allen had a really nice game. His real, best game probably the last couple of weeks. Deron Payne, obviously consistently disruptive. Two of the best fence tackles in the league. They had to show it each and every week, though. Uh, Jamin Davis was awesome. That was a hell of a, you know, game-saving interception, his first interception of his career, showed his, you know, um, speed to be able to stay with Bijan on that slant route and jump and show some instincts there, jump and pass. Um, I thought Cody Parton was okay. You know, that's the best you could say about him. He wasn't horrible. So, you know, you got to take that. Kalike Hudson, I think, only played 10 plays, but he was solid. They were stretched more to a 4-3 look um, with the injuries to Derek Forrest. Um, and I think that's going to be probably going forward. I think expect Hudson to maybe get 10 to 20 plays going forward. He's a solid you know, third linebacker or whatever you want to say, he's a kind of a hybrid. He's not the biggest linebacker. He'd be a big safety. Um, so I, I would like to see him get some more run. The Kendall Fuller played really, really well. That was obviously a hell of an interception that he had. Um, you know, he had a beautiful read off of Desmond Ritter. He's been the best corner for this team by far this year. Hopefully they re-sign him going forward. Um, he's only 28, so it's not like he's too old. Um, and he's someone that is always just so consistent you can rely on. St. Juice was okay. He got beat by Drake Leonard a few times. That was a you know good read in the interception. Um, in the fourth quarter, I think that was more on you know great rush by the defensive line and a poor decision by Ritter. But hey, St. Juice caught it. That was also his first career interception. 
Um, so you had tip to him. I thought Danny Johnson was good in the slot, and, you know, and when he played on the outside as well. Um, you know, this is something that he's probably going to be relied on going forward because the team played well and responded well. Um, and I thought Danny held his own. I thought Cam Crow had the best game of the, his uh, season so far. Um, he had multiple pass breakups. Um, the one on Bajan Robinson, that fourth down was, you know, beautiful, came off his man. Um, and you'll hit Bajan as soon as, you know, really the ball was there. And, you know, Cam, if he continues to play like this, if he can add turnovers to him, he could be one of the top 10 saviors in the league. Um, you could take that, you know, take the ball away factor to his game. He really would be, you know, up there. But again, I still think he's a great player, but he had a great game. Percy, Bar- Percy Butler was probably about average. He had made some nice plays. A couple plays, he was saved by a poor overthrow by Desmond Ritter. Um, but again, it was his first career start, really, and the most game plays ever had um, in now in his second year. Um, played all 81 snaps. And again, he's going to have to be relied on going forward, and I thought he did okay. You know, three turnovers, that's, you know, great. You know, I think it was the most interceptions under Del Rio's tenure and Rivera's tenure. Um, it was the most complete game they've had defensively all year from start to finish. They shut down by John Robinson, what I said last week in the preview um, episode. That's what they had to do, and they did it. You know, so, I mean... He was their, you know, engine that, you know, made everything go in that in that offense, and they were able to shut him down. They had it. They tried to make Desmond Ritter beat him, and he couldn't. Just like I, you know, I said, and I think a lot of people said, you know, Ritter's not a he's an average quarterback at best. And Washington did what they could to you know make him win the game, and he couldn't. Mano um, Forbes, that's going to be a topic going forward. Obviously, he didn't play at all last week. I think Quan Martin, which uh, I said him earlier, he had about ten snaps. Um, he did have that. You know, sack fumble that was negated by a penalty by Cody Barton. But, um, you know, he's probably going to get more run here, obviously, with um, Derek Forrest's injury. But getting back to Forbes, I mean, you got to play your best players. And Forbes is probably one of their best talented or most talented corners, but he's not playing like he should. He's not playing disciplined football. And they won without him this week. I think as much as you want your first round to pl- first rounder to play, excuse me, and make an impact, this team needs to win. This coach staff needs to win. I think they're going to ride with Danny Johnson until – he proves otherwise. This this alignment has helped. It worked this week. Uh, they played a poor, you know, quarterback, and they'll do it again this week. Um, maybe the real test is going to be against Philly in two weeks. Um, but I think at this point, you got to stick with Andy Johnson in the four three more, the five two. Kalik uh, uh, Hudson's going to probably continue to play more, maybe even Quan Martin. So, as much as I want to see Forbes evolve and play better. I think you just got to play what's working right now. And I know it's only one week, but they played well. The most interceptions, like I said, under Rivera and Del Rio's tenure. And I think it's going to weigh the way they're going to roll on Sunday against the Giants. Obviously, it was a much needed win. This team needed it. It was a horrible, horrible performance against Chicago. They bounced back. They're back to 500. Have a really good shot to get over 500 this week against the Giants. And hopefully, you know, set up for a nice stretch run these next next month of the season. <clears throat> All right, moving to the Giants game this weekend. The Giants defensively have given up 364 and a half yards a game. That's 27 in the league, 217 passing yards, 16th, giving up 147 rushing yards a game. That's second to last in the league. And giving them 27.8 points, or almost 28 points a game. And that's 28th in the league. Defensively, they played horrible. And this is, is what it is. Having said that, they're coming off a really good game against the Bills. They held the Bills at 14 points, played their best defensive game of the year. Um, I think they needed to respond after they've played the last couple of weeks. Um, I think it's not indicative of who they were. I'm not trying to just say it was an anomaly, but let's be honest, this is defense, not a good defense. They did play well against Buffalo, but also I think a lot of that goes into those teams knowing each other between the coaching staffs. I think Dayball knows what McDermott was going to do. McDermott's going to know what Dayball did. So I think a lot of that had to do with that. Um, defensively, you have their front, they run a 3-4. Ashawn Robinson, he has 13 tackles. Um, uh, Dexter Lawrence, 20 tackles. Leonard Williams, 18 tackles and a, a half sack. Uh, there are four linebackers. Kayvon Thibodeau off the edge. He's had four sacks. Bobby Okureke, Okureke, excuse me, the free agent signing from the Colts. He's had a really nice year. Micah McFadden, the other inside linebacker. And Jihad Ward is the opposite road edge for 
opposite of Thibodeau. Um, their corners are hot. Corey Hawkins, uh, the third, Deontay Banks from Maryland, and then Adoree Jackson, and then safeties, Xavier McKinney and Jason Pinnock. Um, again, they're coming off a good game, but like I said, they might, might have been more just how those you know coaches have to know each other. This is the game where Washington obviously can run the ball. They're second to last in the league against the run. Um, let's feed Brian Robinson Jr., Gibson, uh, Chris, Rod- Chris Rodriguez Jr. I know Eric loves the pass. I love you know watching the pass too, but you know let's set the run. Let's you know maybe set up some play action for Sam. Uh, the best practice is getting the ball out of hand, uh, Sam's hands quickly. You know obviously still has a tendency to hold on to it, but if he can design plays to get it out in two seconds, that's going to help him. Um, and obviously that run game to set the play action for this team. Uh, they're solid up. You know they're solid three four, um, especially with Leonard, Leonard Williams and uh, Sex. Uh, <laughs> he keeps calling himself Sexy Dexy. So I uh, think of Dexter Lawrence. It's funny when he does that in his interviews. I mean his intros um, on those Sunday night football games, but. He is a really good player, and so is Leonard Williams, uh, even though I think Leonard is starting his decline in his career. Um, they are solid up front. And Thibodeau's had a nice start to the season in four sacks, the former top 10 pick from uh, 2022. I really like uh, Okariki from the Colts. He's had a really nice year so far. Mike McFadden solid as well. So there are some pieces on defense, uh, but again, just statistically and just on film, his defense hasn't played well. Continue to target Terry. Let's get him double-digit targets that they've had the last couple weeks or two out of the last three weeks. Get him the ball. I'm going to stand. I, I mean, we'll check back next week's episode. I think this is going to be John's, John's breakout game. I'm not saying 200 yards. I'm saying that breakout game could be 60 yards at this point, but I, I'm going to say he's going to have 80 yards and touchdown. I think if they think about this, he had two good games against the Giants last year. I think he can do it again this year. Maybe he's going to be that Giants killer like Terry's an Eagles killer. Um, Jahan had that beautiful spin move for a touchdown against uh, in the Meadowlands or whatever it's called now last year. Maybe John, I think I'm going to say Jahan's going to have that breakout performance this year. I mean, this this week and get his 2023 finally going in a positive direction. I think Washington will make plays and I you know, expect another 24 to 30 point performance um, like they did last week against Atlanta. All right, Giants offensively, uh, they're averaging 265 yards a game. That's second to last in the league. 166 passing yards a game, second to last in the league. 98 rushing yards a game, or pretty much 99, 98.8. That's 21st in the league, and they're averaging 11.8 points a game, which is you know, really 12 points at his last in the league. They have not scored an offensive touchdown in three games. The last time they scored an offensive touchdown was week three against the San Francisco 49ers. That says all you need to know about what Washington's defense needs to do this week. They're going up against a really, really porous offensive unit. This is what I thought the Giants were going to be last year. It was just a year late. I think last year was an a extreme fluke between Daniel Jones and Dabo and everything. This team is not that talented. And Washington consistently has problems with this team, but they shouldn't. They should definitely dominate this game. If Daniel Jones is able to play, everyone knows how he's been a Washington killer, unfortunately. He turns into Michael Vick every freaking time he plays his team. Uh, Dana Jones has a 71.7 pass rating in the league on the year, um, 884 yards passing, two touchdowns and six interceptions, and he's rushed for under 200 yards of a touchdown. Um, Tyrod, most of his stats coming last week against the Giants, has an 83.1 passer rating. He's 35-51 of the year, 292 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and that's nine carries for 40 yards. Um, at running back, obviously, Quan's been a couple games, but he has 53 carries, 207 yards, and a touchdown. 46 yards receiving and a touchdown on the season as well. Matt Breed is our number two running back. He has 34 carries for 94 yards on touchdown this year. The receivers, Darius Slayton is our leading wide receiver. 17 catches, 236 yards. That's 14 yards a catch. Wondell Robinson, um, the second-round pick from Kentucky, um, has had the most action this year. as he missed most last year with an injury. He has 22 catches, 141 yards. That's six yards a catch, which is obviously extremely low. Isaiah Hodgins turned into a pumpkin, even though everyone thought he was a Cinderella story last year. He was a late-round pick at Oregon State a couple years ago. He has 107 yards and 10 touchdowns. He mean 10 catches on a 
touchdown this year. Paris Campbell has 16 catches of freedom signing from the Colts, 85 yards. That's five yards a catch. Very, very low. Jalen Hyatt is their big threat, big play threat, excuse me, but they don't really use him so much for some reason. Um, he has really good speed. He's a third-round rookie this year. He has seven catches, 120 yards, 17 yards a catch. And then lastly, certainly Shepard really, really isn't a part of the offense anymore. Obviously, he's been leave for a little bit, but he has three catches, 23 yards. Darren Waller is their leading receiver as a whole, 20 catches, 282 yards, and a 10, that's 10 yards a catch. And then Daniel Bellinger is their tight end, too. He has 22 yards on four catches this year. Obviously, um, and then, sorry, go to their offensive line. Andrew Thomas has been out for a good amount of time. I don't know if he's going to play this week yet. Recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Justin Pugh, who's barely played left tackle in his career, played last week, got exposed. They did sign Tyree Phillips, a former Giant, um, off the Eagles practice squad today, so he might play on Sunday. Um, Mark Glowinski at guard. Michael Schmitz Jr. is their center, but he also is questionable probably for Sunday. So Ben Bredesen can play. McKethan at right guard and Evan Neal, the disappointing second-year rookie, top 10 pick also from Alabama at right tackle. Their offensive line is a mess. They've given up the second most sacks in the league, unfortunately, right behind Washington. Um, so Washington's D-line needs to dominate. There's no excuse for them not to get three to five sacks this week, especially if Andrew Thomas isn't out there. Even if he is, Chase should be able to you know, get his, and so is Montez. But if Andrew Thomas is out, this team should have no problem getting to Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor. Like I said, Daniel Jones is always always hurts Washington. Um, hopefully, you know, that isn't the case this week if he's able to play. Washington just has to neutralize his legs. It's the biggest way that he's beat them over the past. Tyrod will be efficient and smart with the ball. Again, he doesn't have any receptions in his one start this year, and usually he always takes care of the ball notoriously in his career. Um, have a soft spot for Ty- Tyrod being a Tech fan. He's probably my all-time favorite being Tech Hokie, but... For this week, I hope he doesn't play well if he does play and Washington get the win. Um, but I do think he you know, led the offense a lot better this past week against the Bills and Daniel Jones done all year. So um, there is some potential for him to you know, move the ball against Washington. But um, again, they've averaged 12 points a game on the year. Darren Waller is their main threat. Um, he's their best offensive weapon outside of Barkley, obviously. Hyatt's a big play threat, like I said. Saquon obviously is a stud, but he's still recovering from his ankle injury. And um, when you know that you have to key on him, Hopefully that's Washington's you know game plan like they did against Bajan Robinson. I think they can contain Saquon um, and hopefully neutralize him and make Tyrod or Daniel Jones beat them. Defense has to dominate. Like I said, this team averaged 12 points a game. No touchdowns last three games. No excuse if Washington gives up you know 20 points. It just shouldn't be. Secondary will be fine against those wide receivers. Giants really has more quantity than quality at wide receiver. No guy that's really even a number two in this league. We're currently on their roster at wide receiver. Secondary will be fine. Again, if they get beat by this crew, then... I don't know what to tell you. I don't know it's on Del Rio or whatever's going on. A uh, linebacker should hold up. Hopefully Cody Barton can build off his, you know, average, okay performance last week. And Jamin just, just continue, continue to build, um, you know, here in year three. On paper, this team should dominate. But like I've said, the Giants, unfortunately, have had their number. I think the uh, commanders just need to break that mold, come out with a dominating performance. I think anything over 14 points will be a disappointment for this team. I know I say that a win is a win, but Washington defense really should hopefully keep them in check. Having said that, I have Washington winning 24 to 13 to get to four and three over 500 and set up a really big matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles next week at home. I'm right, moving to forward to fantasy. Um, Chuba Hubbard is taking over really at the lead back in Carolina. They don't play this week, but he did have 19 carries and 88 yards and touchdowns. Someone to consider. They are on by, like I said. And McCaffrey is out for the 49ers. Look at Jordan Mason. Um, he took he had five carries, 27 yards and a touchdown last week after McCaffrey got hurt. They play at Minnesota on Monday night. The Rams, Zach Evans, the, the rookie from Ole Miss, is someone to look at um, with Kyron Williams more than likely out this week. They play since uh, they play the Steelers at home. Uh, the Lions, Craig Reynolds, are running back, um, the former Navy um, midshipman. I think he was a quarterback there. Um, he might start. 
with if Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs are out. Uh, Montgomery got hurt last week. Gibbs has been out the last few weeks. Um, he did have 10 carries, but only 15 yards. But again, the volume might be there um, if he starts. Then you have the Bills running back Latavius Murray. He's gotten more carries and more and more over the last few weeks. He had 12 carries, 45 yards. They're at the Patriots. I, and I have Curtis Samuel, obviously commander's receiver. He had four catches, 42 yards on a touchdown last week. He's had, three tu- he's had three touchdowns over the last three weeks, a touchdown each week. Obviously, they have the Giants this week. He's someone to consider, especially in the PPR leagues. Colts receiver Josh Downs, a rookie of North Carolina. Um, he only had 21 yards and five, five catches last week, but he did have a touchdown. And I think he had 90-plus yards the week before. He's a good young receiver out of North Carolina, and I think you know, Minshew, Minshew is going to be able to kind of raise his value there. They play the Browns at home. And lastly, Vegas uh, tight end Michael Mayer, the rookie second-rounder out of Notre Dame. He had his best game of his career so far, five catches, 75 yards last week. They're at the Bears this week. Well, that is Clues Roam Around League episode. The Commanders got a much-needed and hard-fought win on the road last week. It was pivotal for the rest of the season. They face a 1-5 New York Giants this week, which provides a good shot to get back over 500. I'll be back next week looking back at the Giants game and previewing the Week 8 matchup versus the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at League underscore 5. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.